Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to my weekly email newsletter, Friday Focus. Each Friday, I focus on one topic with one action arising. The link to sign up is in the show notes or head over to amyrolinson.com and sign up right now. Today, I am joined by Pip Thomas. Welcome, Pip, to Focus on Why. Oh, thank you, Amy. It's a delight to be here. I've been wanting to be on this podcast for quite some time and dropping big hints all the way along. <laughs> well, I, I probably did pick them up because you have been training me over the last year in NLP. We started our journey together last November when I started on my practitioner course and taking myself all the way through to Master Coach. You have guided me and helped me understand the world of NLP. So thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome, Amy. It's been an enjoyable journey. I can't believe it was last November that it started. All aligned with obviously the craziness we've been in the last 18 months. So it's been a it's been a lovely and interesting journey for sure. So what is it that you wanted to share on Focus on Why? What were you keen to to be as a guest? Do you know, um, well, one, I love the concept because I think we can spend so much time focusing in what we're doing on what we're doing. Um, as opposed to really fully exploring what sits behind it, what's the purpose? Um, and actually not just what the purpose is, but what does it bring you as an individual that's then aligned to your purpose? And I've listened to lots of your podcasts, Amy, and I, I love the direction they go off into. And when I was thinking about the whole concept of why, honestly, it took me all over the place. Go on, share. Okay, so... <laughs> So if I think about, you know, why, why do I do what I do? And it, it always, I feel like over the last probably two years, I've done quite a lot of soul searching is completely the wrong kind of phrase, but almost um, self-observation, exploring what it is that really makes my heart sing, what brings me joy, where do I feel that I get um, and equality and balance um, and energy giving, if, if that makes sense, Amy. Um, and my drive, interesting enough, that I came back to the same thing time and time again, which is my overall overwhelming desire to want to give back. Now, that sounds very big. It sounds very holistic. It sounds very giving. And gosh, isn't she just an extraordinary individual to want to give back? But why? And it, it comes back down to... Um, a simple thing that um, however many years ago, I care not to remember now, I was adopted and an amazing individual made a decision that they felt I would have a better upbringing in life with a different family. And then a different family made a decision. I always laugh and think it's like they're walking down a, a supermarket and go, oh, yes, we'll have that one. She's in date. Um, uh, made a decision to go, do you know what? We'll have... We'll have this individual and and give her, you know, all the opportunities and all the um, yeah opportunities to, to to flourish and to grow. 
And for me, that's extraordinary that people go through that thought process. Um, and it's and it isn't always aiming. So I'd pick you up on that if you said the word um, always. Um, it it isn't always a driver for me to want to go. My life has been fabulous, and long way it continue to be so. And it's actually down to two people, two groups of people making extraordinary decisions. And I'd like to give some of that back. And have you had that reframing of that individual, the amazing individual made a decision to give you a better life? Or is that something that you have come to terms with recently? Do you know, a, a little bit of both. I think I, I grew up always, my mum and dad, my adoptive parents were on my mum and dad, um, I never remember when when they sat me down and said, you're adopted, Pip. Um, I just always knew. So at some stage, it was interwoven into our worlds. And it's only ever been um, sold to me. Tell me, you tell I'm in business, can't you? Been sold to me as a concept, um, uh, as a positive. Yeah. So I only ever had positive thoughts around it. I actually met my real, my birth mother, um, and that remained positive until one moment in time when I then chose to step back. Thank you very much. I kind of ticked the box being able to say to you, thank you. And you made the right decision and, you know, trust that my world is good. And then there was a bit of reframing just around that part of it, Amy. But I think my desire to give back and only and, and, and having seen it as a positive experience has remained in place for probably a good 95 percent of the time. And having that ability, you, you, you're talking about the soul searching, but you reframed it again as self-observation and understanding what brings you joy. What changed for you when you had that new frame of thinking? Joe, you know, I think I let go of a whole load of bits that were around um, and, and, and I was um, I was holding on to. I, I think I had preconceived ideas of how my life would be. I think I had preconceived ideas of um, my story. Um, and, you know, you know, from your journey with NLP, you know, we the memory that we have is, is only the memory of how we've enhanced the last time we remembered the event. So it shifts and changes. And I think what I was able to do was kind of let go of some of the preconceived ideas, but also some of the, the narrative that I had about who I thought I should be interesting use of language there but who I thought I should be um, and be who I am and that's just refreshing that you know it's refreshing it's it's almost for want of a better phrase it's almost like food for the soul um, don't get me wrong I'm, I'm not constantly going around going oh um, and as you can tell because that wasn't in tune you wouldn't want me to but it's it is it's refreshing to kind of go I don't need to I don't need to be concerned by that anymore. I can say thank you and I can move on. So we share the ability of not being able to sing. So congratulations. There, <laughs> <Pip>. <laughs> but, but, but being in tune with yourself and, and understanding, you, you were saying there about how you shifted and changed the, the enhanced enhancement of your memories and who I thought I should be and who I thought I am. Do you ever let go of of that constant knowledge of NLP and the way that it works and that your language that you are so conscious of? Yeah, that's a really good question, Amy, because, um, I, you know, you end up being the best coach of yourself, which, in fact, is a complete contradiction because um, you're not going to be your best coach at all because you're so good at reframing what it is you've heard yourself say or think. Yes, I do. I think I've become much better at letting myself be at times 
you know, you all know from your journey of NLP that it isn't it isn't a set of tools that you pick up and put down a little bit like a, a reference book, you know, books on you know, your shelves behind you. You know, I'm going to do a bit of NLP today. It becomes integral in the way that you think. Um, and I think there are elements of it, the ability to reframe, the ability to sit and notice where I am and recognize that only I can shift and change it. They are inherent to who I am. And I'm very grateful that they are. There are definitely moments where I, I might very much sit in the present and have that moment or two of feeling sorry for myself, but I recognise what I can then do about it. So yes and no, I, I suppose is the answer to that question, Amy. Yes, there are times that I am potentially caught off guard um, and know in essence that the toolkit that is NLP is basically a resource pool that you already had you just become aware of it so you know I, I no longer sit in that moment of going oh god this sucks I can then go and I can do something about it and having that choice and knowing that you've got that choice changes what for you um it changes oh, it, it changes the opportunities available and open to me it changes my energy levels it changes my desire to stay present with who I am and aligned with my purpose and I, you know, I've made some some fairly significant decisions over the last few days about some of the areas where I, I currently put my energy from a work perspective. And it was really interesting to notice that when I took ownership and had that level of choice, Amy, that the outcome, when I made the decision and was in the driving seat of making that decision, the shift in my energy the lightness I felt was huge because I felt aligned again to or more aligned to my purpose and, and you know, to to coin the word or the phrase to my why. And you're mentioning energy a lot, Pip. You, you talked right at the beginning about the equality of balance and energy giving. You talk about energy levels. You're talking about the shift in energy. Mm -hmm. What does what sort of position does energy play in your life? So um, energy for me, in, in the sense that I'm referring to it as, um, is around um, gratitude and generosity. So um, I am an absolute avid believer that, um, you know, give us gain. I think that belongs to a networking group, actually. Um, but I'll pinch it for a second. But in the vein that um, I will happily give my time and my energy and at some stage, something will come back round for me. I'm not doing it with the preconceived idea of, you know, okay, Amy, if I do this for you, what are you going to do for me? Yeah, it, it's it's a sharing of energy, but actually the balance is there because if you work with like-minded individuals or you associate yourself with like-minded individuals um, who believe in um, generosity and gratitude, then by virtue, you have an energetic balance um, and an exchange. And you're talking about like-minded individuals. Now, we've worked together on our values. We know what our value levels are. Share with me where you feel the association with like-minded individuals serves your purpose and your values. Well, gosh, so those days when you come back from um, maybe you go to an office, maybe you've had meetings online, a whole host of things and you sit there at the end of the day and you can't quite work out what it is that doesn't feel right it feels uncomfortable potentially you feel quite drained um you're not necessarily sparky about the fabulous day that you've had and and you're 
you're replaying some of the situations and things that have occurred. Often that lack of alignment is because you're working in an environment or with individuals who are gravitating from a values perspective in a very different place to you. So our values become our, they, they influence our, our beliefs and our drivers and our behaviours. And at an unconscious and conscious level, we will be pursuing whatever we're focusing on, driven, fueled, if you will, by whatever our values might be. So some of those values might be very much around self. Um, others might be around self and others. Other values might be around others and not self. Yeah. Does that make sense, Amy? I hope it does because you're doing the training. Um, <laughs> um, and when you're in a position of working environment or, or even in a you know, personal relationships, when there's something that feels that it's not aligned, almost like two plates shifting, often it can be because you're gravitating in an environment which isn't aligned to your values. Um, and and there will be many, many people who might listen to this podcast or, or generally in the big wide world who won't know what is driving their sense of unease, their sense of um, a lack of fulfillment, uh, their sense of not feeling aligned to their purpose, to their why. And often it's as simple, I say it's simple because actually values are quite core, as recognising what's important to you and is that aligned to where you are and what you're doing. And are you aligned with what you're doing now, Pip? Do you know what, Amy? Um, from Tuesday of last week, I will say to you, yes, I am. Uh, there's a couple more things that need to be happening, but in essence, yes, I am. And I um, I was really taken aback. And I know this stuff, for heaven's sake. And I was really, this shows that I'm human. I was really taken aback at the impact um, and the change that I felt and experienced on the back of a conversation that I had. Um, and, and then going, oh my God, hello, welcome back. Welcome back, Pip. Welcome back to where you want to be and everything that you do. And where did you feel that impact and change? Um, very much within my heart, to be honest. But I, I, I it was quite funny, actually, because um, I came home and then I, oh, I'm going to go out on a 10-mile bike ride, pouring with rain. But hey, who cares? Yeah. Um, whereas previously, it's, it's extraordinary how um, every aspect of your being is impacted when you're not aligned to your purpose or your why. And within that, those two... Um, words I, I would throw the word value as well yeah so those three for me are a concept um and um I know one drives the other but in essence it's incredible how so many areas of your being your physicality or your mental fitness and wellness your drive all those things your appetite are impacted when those elements are misaligned so I I feel very very aligned to where I'm going and, and I know I've used the word energy quite a lot uh, it's there Amy watch this space we you know after this call off I go for a trot <laughs> so you, you you've spoken about how you're very focused now on on the giving on the giving piece and you're you're aligned with your work what is coming next so um, I am really looking forward to putting my focus 100% back into EDGE, NLP, which is our, you know, who you've trained with, really looking at how we can enhance the, um, the courses that we're, we're delivering, the coaching packages, but more importantly, how I can build a community 
of like-minded individuals within that arena. And I, I, I'm a firm believer that in the power of community. Um, and I think I'd stepped away from that over the last few years and last three years, in fact. So to come back in to a community and create a community of like-minded people where there isn't anyone wanting to sell or gain anything from anyone else, but there's a whole group of individuals wanting to give support and help nurture. And by virtue of that, business gets done. That's, that's how it works. But it gets done in a very wholesome way, if that makes sense, a very balanced way where there's you know, a, an equilibrium running through. So I'm going to be focusing my time and effort on, on what that looks like. Um, also really looking to expand edge. The pandemic worked for us in many ways because we went online. Uh, and we and we demonstrated, and yeah, you're part of that, Amy, for sure, that it can be really effective online. So I really want to be growing that side of the business and taking it, you know, to as far afield as we can where people can work within a relevant time zone, for sure. Uh, but, but in essence, create, create the brand in a way that it's about community and about gratitude and generosity. And I feel that I feel I felt that on doing all of the online training that that came through. I, I really do. And I, and I can only see that going from strength to strength. What I want to pick up on is the the, the repetition of like minded individuals or like minded people. Do we all have to be like minded to build a community? No, not at all. And um, it, uh, it's interesting that you, you picked up on that. So I would I would say the fact I've used that phrase a lot is actually my internal dialogue being projected. Um, uh, around my drive and desire now to be back with like-minded people yeah so do we need like-minded people to be to build a community no no not necessarily but we need a common we need a through line that through line in essence are would be will be around the values associated with that community yeah so you will know for instance from the values level that there's a journey that you go through um, and, you know, you can almost consider it an entry point and an exit point as you move through to the next value. But there's a there's a lobby in the middle. Yeah. As you do that journey. So the lobby is the community. So we have people coming into it and have people who are in that community but whose values levels might take them out the other side. Um, I quite like that analogy. Yeah, I'm seeing like an old school hall um, and uh, maybe I should make it a little bit more funky. But hey, we're going old school hall. Um, and, and it's that where actually we can, that the exchange that takes place means that there will be a common thread, a common through line. Um, but this isn't about getting a whole host of, you know, mini me's into a room um, and, you know, we only hum and do that sort of element of it. There has to be, with that, uh, with the diversity that comes by not everyone being the, the same, not that we ever would be, actually comes challenge and growth. And that's that's paramount. That's part of giving. That's part of generosity. Help me grow. And that's you being generous for me. So what would you pick as the core values for this community? Trust, support, growth. Um, when I say support, I'm referring to being held in a safe space. Uh, challenge and gratitude would be the ones that jump to me right now. Yeah, as I'm saying, and it's it's a it's a real place of creative thinking. Now that when I say that, I'm not referring to a room full of creatives, but the ability to be to have creative thinking. 
And World Values Day is on Thursday, the 21st of October this year. And this episode is coming out that day. And what's what I see is just how important, I mean, I talk about it a lot, about the, the values that we hold and the values that we have within businesses and the alignment. And you've you've demonstrated that today with, with the, the misalignment that you've experienced and then how you've received this huge amount of energy having then now aligned yourself again back with your values your own values pip what are those uh, in business or personally oh, do they differ yeah they, they well they overlap and they differ so <laughs> that was that was such an unclear answer um, i thought i'd just leave myself leave it open so i can pick up anything here amy um so my, my my core values, so one of them is very much around, and I've said it a few times now, generosity. That is an absolutely driving force for me. Fairness, it's really interesting. I sit here with my hands on my heart when I do this. Fairness. And do you know that's probably gone up the ranks for me over the last three years? Yeah. Mutual respect is a massive one. And opportunity is a value for me. So, and that's an opportunity, that's opportunity for me and for others. It's interesting that you said that fairness had gone up the ranks. Was it a case that you weren't able to exhibit it, therefore you sort of suppressed it? Or was it a case of you and now you've allowed it to, to sort of bubble up to the surface because you can actually perform to it with it? So that, that's a really good question. So the interesting thing with that is, is that um, our values are core to us and they sit very much at an unconscious level. However, the context of our life can influence how those values serve us in that moment in time, yeah? So for instance, let me give you a scenario. So fairness has always been important to me. I wouldn't say it's in my top three normally. Um, I think my focus on fairness um, over the last couple of years has come about by what I have perceived as being a lack of fairness, yeah? So it hasn't been a positive driver in essence that I've then, because whatever you focus on becomes your reality, Wherever you put your focus, your energy will flow. Um, so when you're, when you, when I was, talk about other people, when I was feeling a high level of a lack of fairness, I am focusing on that and the context that it sits in, and I'm seeking evidence to support it. Yeah, so so that I'm right. I want to be right that this isn't fair, because that's how we work as you know human dynamic. So now having made, having taken ownership of what I can do about that and shifting and changing it, here I am now saying, I now seek fairness. You know, fairness as a positive, not as a it's not fair, but as in uh, how can I create fairness? How can I see it and um, allow it to be expansive? Expansive would be one of my values as well, Amy. Um, expansiveness for, for myself and others. It's, it's really interesting. And I've got a couple of different areas I want to pick up on. So seeking evidence to support it, the confirmation bias there around the lack of fairness and then a sort of giving yourself the opportunity to say, see, it's not fair it's all, all the time. And then switching that is a from an away from driver towards a into a towards driver and, and switching that. Then you just spoke about expansiveness and yet the community you want to to build is about a safe space so mm. you have a safe space but it's also expansive 
So let me answer that. Let me answer that one. That one first. And one of the things I love about podcasts is that um, often you don't get get to see all the hand movements and the facial expressions of anyone, uh, (laughs) which I think is. So you have to imagine what's going on right now. So the safe community, the safe space rather, is a safe space to allow people to be expansive. Okay. So if you if you we, we cut it right down to as simple as an introvert and an extrovert. And you put an, an introvert in a room full of extroverts. The introvert isn't necessarily, and I'm I'm absolutely generalising here. The, the introvert isn't necessarily going to feel they can be expansive with their, how they express their thinking. Yeah. So what I want to be able to do within the community is create a community where it is it is it's a safe space to be expansive and um, explorative. If that's a phrase. Um, to explore your thinking, explore your ideas. And it's absolutely okay if someone says, I like it and, you know, and, and picks at something or pokes at something in order to, to shift and change it again. Does that, does that, does that make sense for you, Amy? Yeah. It does. And I'm just picking up on that. I like it. And what have you removed from your language to put in and? But absolutely. Gosh. Uh, and I, w- I want to come back on the, the point around fairness in a moment, actually, because you, you sparked thought and the but bit came into play then. Um, yeah, the, the word but. So when someone says to you, you know, I like your thinking, but all we hear, because the way our, our unconscious mind is structured, is it then automatically goes to, OK, here it comes. Sock me with it. What's the negative? What's the, you know, what's the downturn on this? Because it's going to be but, you know, I don't think it's going to work. We forget the bit before it negates the positive. So simple change in language and suddenly makes it expansive. That's expansive language. I like the idea. And have you considered? You know, it's suddenly it's like, oh, expansive, open thinking as opposed to closed negative thinking that would only then feed, you know, potentially an existing limiting belief. And you wanted to talk about fairness, Pip. Yeah, so so what, what what made me think about um, where where I went when you you said that question that you wanted to pick up on? So I talked about how I have focused on things being the unfairness of a situation, and isn't it interesting? Because there's that element of within NLP, we have a whole host of um, uh, terms which are known as the presuppositions of NLP, which are almost the backbone of the thinking. And the very first one is respect the other person's model of the world and you don't have to buy into it. And in essence, when I am solely focusing on something and, and the unfairness in my model of the world, in the other person's model of the world, potentially it isn't unfair. And I just had that moment of going, do you know what? Potentially in their way of being, in their thinking, in their model of the world, with their value set, this situation isn't unfair at all. And they're perceiving my response to it as being you know, misaligned. So always having that almost double check, recognising that, again, is a really healthy place to be, Amy, because, you know, it it also allows you to step back from it and realise it's a context, it's a situation, it's not people. So, yeah, you just you allowed me to become expansive with the way I thought about that previous situation. So I thank you for that. Fantastic. And where is this community going to be based? Is it on social media? Where are we going to find it? So, so there are two things that are going to be happening here, Amy, uh, and both of which I'm excited about. The, the, the community will be based on social media, for sure. However, there is going to be a fixed space, which is going to be known as the space. 
Um, yet, so we've got a couple of couple of places we're interested in, which is going to be a location for um, community thinking. So that sounds very. If someone's going to turn up and do some baking and things, what I mean by that is it's it's not a co-working, but it is a co-working in essence that it might be. Let's have a whole group of individuals who work in a very similar sort of field or a similar size business who come and work here together, and we will facilitate and share help you share ideas and concepts in order to grow but also build a really strong community of support that holds you in a safe space and you feel happy to be challenged and to challenge so you mentioned earlier your your personal values and you said that your business values differ slightly overlap you you had some confusion there. What what are the business values? Let's hear what they are. So 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 for my the business values the, the areas that would be different within there would be around success, recognition, drive. Very much would be there, and I, I think the in and, and gratitude, expansiveness would be there for sure. Now, what's really interesting for me, Amy, is that those words, those values have changed. So when I think about success, in my previous worlds, when I've worked very much in a corporate arena, I mean, I, Edge was set up in 2009, prior to that, always in a corporate arena. And up until recently, I've always had a foot in that sort of environment. And it's that foot that's actually now shifting and changing. Um, but success is being very much driven by my success. That's what it's meant. How successful am I in this arena, in this context? And my corporate world has very much been a female and a very male technology dominated environment. So, you know, I, I bought into the you have to work that bit harder in order to compete. It's a concept. Who put it out there? Who knows? And do you? I don't know. Um, but me now, success is about, is aligned to, oh, how, how this works, Amy, you're good at this stuff is aligned to bringing you back to your purpose and the why. I'm now, the success isn't me as an individual, it's the success of the concept of what I'm looking to be part of and to create. And the recognition and things like that are around that now, as opposed to have I just won an award at the AV News um, Awards? You know, wow, fabulous, great dress. And the drive? Oh, I realised my energy. Amy, and, and the drive comes back to my desire to want to give back. My desire to want to give back, for sure. I, I've had, a, as a aside, I've had many a conversation um, with, with Jules, who's both my partner and my business partner with Edge, and about, um, and we talked about fostering children and all sorts of things, you know, in, in the desire to want to give back. And I said, you know, I would, I would just do this. I would come home with hundreds and just have to you know get a haul and make it work because I just you know come on come back come back here come on let's sort this out so does it come right back to that you didn't say there was a moment because you said you felt that you knew you were adopted all the way from the right beginning and it's now that giving back is literally wanting to adopt everybody you can <laughs> yeah do you know what yeah <laughs> could you imagine oh my gosh the energy bills are going through the roof. Um, yeah, yes, in, in a metaphoric way now, for sure. Um, and you know, I, the the if I think about the phrase "adopt" in that sense, it's being able to, you know, adopt the role of saying, "Come and be part of this. Come and be part of this, and let 
let me help you have a positive experience, whatever the context might be that I have had. And if you could pick one word to cover everything, what would it be? Joy. Joy. I'm not good at one word. You know this, Amy. <laughs> I might have word one when there's plenty. So, OK, I'll allow you to explain what joy means to you then. Uh, the, the, the joy of the joy that others experience by having their moment and and being able to see there's more to life than where they are right now. The joy that brings me as being part of that journey. Um, the joy I get by feeling that I have added value. And finally, the joy I get by feeling aligned to what really drives and is important to me. Amazing. Thank you. So what have you not shared that you would like to share so far on this? So, so very good question. That feels a little bit like a, um, a language pattern that I might have heard somewhere. Um, so what have, what have I not shared that I'd really like to share? So do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit, if I can, around the world of NLP and where it, where it sits in people's worlds. And in, a, in, a, in a very much in a nutshell, that I, my journey of NLP started back in 2004. I went into it from a corporate perspective, thinking it'd be great in business. You hear lots of things around it being manipulative in sales and all sorts of stuff. And anything could be manipulated if the wrong set of values are attached to it. Um, and my moment when I started my journey was a real aha moment of going, gosh, this is so much bigger than I ever realised. And without that introduction, um, my life, I am absolutely sure, will be very different. I've subsequently built and built four businesses, sold two of them, or three of them, in fact. I've changed my personal world quite dramatically, so I'm aligned with who I am. Um, and uh, I would actively encourage everyone, and that's such a big statement, but everyone to explore NLP in one way or another. Um, you know, it isn't it isn't a do to, it's a do with, and it's it's a way of creating a real flexibility in thinking and and um which by virtue opens up choice, but also to empower your thinking, which is phenomenal. You know, the only thing that stops us achieving things is the narrative we play out. So that's the world of NLP. Clearly, I would love everyone to come and explore it with Edge NLP. <laughs> but more importantly, actually, to me, is you find the, the provider that works for you, that you're aligned to it again, absolutely. So you get the most of the journey. It's so important. It's such a personal journey for you that it's just really important that um, you're aligned and buy into to the, the way in which it's being delivered as a course. Well, I would highly endorse everything you've said in terms of of, of NLP and how it can benefit you, but also doing it with you as a company and you and Jules have just created such an incredible program and, and a variety of programs. Cause I've, I've literally, I think I've ex explored all of them now, which has been fantastic, but <laughs> going through it and something I want to pick up on was the do to it's a do with not a do to. Mm. And you, the, the language that you use is so poignant in, in how you, share 
your knowledge, Pip, and how you you share your journey. And it's it's really interesting because you use the word with a lot. So it's like bear with or go with or, you know, a do with process, and which I love because it is that collaborative aspect. It's not a, a ego centric element. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, there's there's many a coaching or training program you can go on where it happens to you. Um, and, uh, you know, you walk away going, oh, wasn't that, wasn't that trainer? You know, the moment you're there, wasn't that trainer just awesome? And it was all about a trainer and they're really shiny and really fabulous. Um, and in fact, what I want uh, and endeavour to achieve is that people go away kind of going, oh, wow, I think I might be quite awesome, actually. Um, I think I there might be more more here for me than I realise. And oh my gosh, look at the opportunities that are there. And and our role within that, my role within that, is to help facilitate that journey and to, to at times, Amy, to act as the mirror opposite that individual and just kind of go, just hold on one moment and just look back at what what you see. What do you see? And what have you just heard? And and you know, how could you? How would you like to shift and change that to get a different outcome? And that's the with, isn't it? That's the guidance. That's the, the safe space. That's the holding your hand, but equally kind of going, boy, you, when needed, you know, to, 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 because we're, we're, we're confined by the structure of our thinking. Um, so, you know, what I, what I want and endeavour to do is enable you to make that structure bigger, broader, more expansive. So you're thinking, is then exactly those things. And then, you know, we're no longer confined. We're able to seek out and explore. And you spoke earlier about the community thinking and and how beneficial that's going to be because you're going to, as you said, you're going to see other people's models of the world and, and be more aware of what else is out there instead of having, and there's nothing wrong with having your own model of the world, but just recognising that it is just your model of the world. Oh my gosh, yeah. And you know what? I think, Amy, that was probably one of the biggest, most poignant learns I had on day one of my journey of NLP back in 2004 was that that whole, you know, respect the other person's model of the world and understanding how the, um, so in, in NLP, it's known as the model of communication, but in essence, it's how we all take on board external information, what we do with it internally, what it means to us, how we label it, and how it then influences what what we do, what we go on to do, um, and recognising that no two people have the same experience of an event because we have different values, different mindsets, different beliefs, different memories, was really refreshing, Amy, because it leads you to almost, um, you know, by, by, by default, we're quite judgmental as humans, but it allows you to just step back a moment and kind of go, all right, you know, this is my model of the world, that's that person's model of the world, I'm going to have some respect for that. And somewhere in the middle, we can find a place that will work. So being judgmental by default as a human, how does it serve us to be judgmental? It doesn't, it doesn't. I think there's a there's a natural thing to be judgmental to, you know, you think about fight or flight, potentially initially to keep us safe. Oh, that means this. What did that mean to me previously? In a similar situation, this occurred and I didn't like it, you know, scenario. But actually, what we also do is we're projecting that judgment on someone else without actually knowing what sits behind it. So, it, you know, my, my desire for things to be expansive um, are, are reduced by that, by being judgmental. What we're actually doing is limiting our ability to see 
I use that sense, but it's a multi-sensory based experience to see and experience what might truly be going on. So we, we cut down on opportunity, we cut down on choice. Why would you want to do that? Well, I totally agree. Absolutely. Keep keep your choices open. And, but we do have to make choices. We can't be indecisive in this world. No, 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 absolutely. Or can we? No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> you know me and humour. I'm still learning it. Um, so absolutely. But the beauty being, though, if you're able to make the choice from a place of uh, positive thinking, not um, a choice from being backed into a corner metaphorically. Yeah. So, so the more knowledge that we have, the more we're able to get a balanced view on something gives us the ability to make a choice that moves us forward as opposed to limits us. Being able to move forward then gives us the, even if it's a little step, Amy, it then gives us the opportunity to then have choice in that situation and then move forward again. And there's been a lot of focus here, Pip, on thinking. How, how does feeling play its part? But for me or within this, within so so the thinking, the thinking drive. So what can happen what happens invariably is um something will occur, we will make sense of it based on our experiences, values, uh, memories. We give it meaning based on our memories. That meaning influences the way we then choose to think about it and then has an impact on our emotions. So positively or negatively. So the beauty of NLP is around understanding the how we choose to think about something. Okay, so I'm, I say this sometimes and have to caveat it, I don't have to, but I choose to. I'm not necessarily concerned with what the person is thinking as in the outcome. I'm really concerned with the how they got to that stage, yeah, the journey they've gone through. So if you can change that journey, you're going to get a different outcome. Yeah. And, and that's where, and if you change that journey of thinking, then you get a different emotional um, outcome as well, a different emotional driver. If those two things are then aligned, then your opportunity to do more is increased quite dramatically. Yeah, it's, a, it's a difference between going, do you know what, I can only get to Scotland one way and it's going to take me forever. Well, actually, no, there's probably about five or six different ways you could get there. Some of them might be a much more beautiful journey, quicker, more comfortable cheaper you name it are you with me so it's it's just a different way of thinking about it you said you're not concerned with the what it's more the how you got there what about the why yeah well the why is yes otherwise you know we'd have to scrap this wouldn't we really because <laughs> the why is incredibly important because the why is is an unconscious and conscious driver so yes so the the why the 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 the, the thing that makes your your heart sing the thing that in my world makes would make my heart sing and bring me joy is my why. What I want to happen then is the how I choose to think about anything that happens around that serves me to move me forward. Yeah. So it's aligned. So my why, my how, and then the outcome are all connected. And, and again, I, that comes back to the whole thing for me, being aligned to my values, doing something that sits aligned to my values. And I love, Pip, how we've, we've done a full circle and we've come right back to the beginning of where you were talking about your self-observation, about how you've done that sort of soul searching of what brings you joy and what makes your heart sing. And we just ended on that note. So perfect. Well done. Good job. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. So Pip, so Pip, how would people get in contact with you? 
So you can track me down on LinkedIn as Pip Thomas on LinkedIn. Um, you can email me very easily at pip at edge NLP. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, uh, you can visit the website for Edge as well. And also you can visit my own personal website. Um, so all of those opportunities are there for you. Um, and actually the other day, Amy, I actually picked up the phone and called someone. Isn't that just a little bit retro? So I, I love a conversation being highly auditory. So, uh, you know, I'm even up for a bit of a, a chat. Well, I've loved our conversation today. And yes, we do need a reminder that our phones do also make phone calls as opposed to all of the incredible other things that they, they do. But Pip, it's been such a great opportunity here to sort of focus on why you do what you do. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, Amy, thank you. It's been a delight. Love speaking to you always. So thank you for giving me the time today. As a pleasure. Do you have some final words for the audience, please? I do. I do. And it's a, it's a, it's a phrase that we often use in the world of NLP, but it is very much around whatever you focus on will absolutely become your reality. And where you put your energy, your focus will flow. So be mindful. Be mindful where you choose to put your energy. Um, and then just watch how many beautiful things can occur. Thank you for listening to Focus on Why with me, Amy Rowlandson. To show your appreciation and to help other listeners understand what value you have received from tuning in today, please leave me an Apple Podcast five-star review. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the inspiring, uplifting and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.